0: Went back in chapter twenty, starting with verse one through the end of chapter twenty-two. I've titled this this passage through here the trail of a backslider. <clears throat> and as we give thought to this, and and uh, I I don't know I I guess as I've gotten older I I kind of try to as we've been looking at the life of David and I as I read in the Old Testament of the stories of the uh, patriarchs, and then the the stories of those that come after the patriarchs and i I look at Moses and uh, and, and here we've been looking at David and you give thought to daniel you you look at Nehemiah, uh, Ezra uh, you go and and look at the story of of Esther <clears throat> and uh, I'm just fascinated by certain things of, of their lives, some of the weaknesses that they had, some of the strengths that they had, and, and when you really study them out, <clears throat> when you really get a lot to who they are, you see that by, by reading between the lines and by, a, a, as you read, you, you look at the decisions that they make, and you can't but help <clears throat> put yourself in their spot and imagine what's going through their mind. And imagine what has been going on in David's life here. I, I, there, there have been uh, a lot of things taking place since that day whenever he was called in from the sheepfold and came to his dad, and there was a, a, a man there who was a prophet and a very powerful prophet, and, and it was there that David was anointed king and said that you are going to be God's anointed, and you are going to be God's king of, of Israel. And and uh, there's been a lot of things go on since then. And and we know that it's during that time that we saw how how David, in that that the the young mind and the in the vigorous uh, energy that he had, and comes walking in to to take food to his brothers, and sees Goliath, and 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 fights Goliath, has a great victory, and and really living on top of the mountain and moves into the palace and and there he is thinking that you know hey life is good and I'm playing the harp for the for the king and he's right there in in the middle of everything going on and it is good but then we see that things started kind of running off the tra- tracks and we see that Saul wasn't at all what he needed to be <clears throat> we see that Jealousy has become something that has turned him into a maniac and has now come to the point where he seeks only to kill David. David has had the sword thrown at him on numerous occasions. He has now had to sever his relationship with Jonathan, who was his best friend. And you just see the pressure keep coming. And we already looked last week in, in chapter 20... And in chapter 20, we saw that whenever we started giving thought to the pressures that were dealing, that David was dealing with, we, we saw the, the fear that he had at the time. We saw the plan that was instituted, and, and in that, the deception that, that uh, uh, came along with that. We saw that maniac's reaction towards all of this, and then we saw that David had to leave, <clears throat> and we saw the departure and sometimes you would think well you get out of the situation or you you change geographical locations and everything will be okay however and and i know it's it's really deep when i say this but wherever you go there you are and there's your problem and it's still there and because the grass is greener or maybe you can go bass fishing for a while or or you can take a walk, and and it's a quieter place. You still have the issues, and you still have to deal with the problem, and so the pressures are still there. And, and sometimes, you know, we were uh, talking a, a little bit about this on 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 uh, Saturday, and and it's, it's crazy what your body does when when it's under stress, and there's all kinds of crazy things that go on. I was telling you know. Anyway, you don't need to hear all my problems. But anyway, your body does weird things, okay? And then everybody else started sharing. Well, good. We're all in this together. You know, we're all a basket case, and we're all in trouble, right? Well, I started thinking about all of this going on. Think of the pressure that was going on in David's life. I mean, and I know I went over this a little bit last week, but he has the king of Israel Wanting his head. Now there is some concern, and there would be something really heavy on your shoulders, thinking that everywhere you go, somebody is looking to kill me, and so you have that, and 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 all these pressures are mounting. and And, and he did lie, and he was deceiving in in what he told Jonathan to do, and then and and now instead of staying with Samuel where he should have been in the first place. Just stay with Samuel. Stay with the man of God. Stay with the, the prophets. Stay where, where God is honored, where God is worshipped, and where, where God is, is there and you know and you're under his umbrella of protection. Stay there. But he doesn't. And he goes on his own ter- terms and power and tries to talk to Jonathan and tries to stop uh, his dad from doing these things and, 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 it, and it didn't work. And so we see that because it didn't work, that he moves on, and he comes to Nob. And as we get into this story, I wrote some things down, and I I pray that they can help you, because when we are out of control, and this world is out of control, and your life is out of control, and, and... And I know I've used this, I've used this illustration. You probably don't understand it, so I should probably think of a better one. But it it really is, it's kind of like getting on a horse that they say is green broke, And, and, and you climb on this horse and you get on there and you're riding him, and he's as tense as can be, and you know it. And you think, well, how do you know? Well, you'll know it if you're ever on one, okay? And he's tense and 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 you're 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 just taking him along and the whole time you're riding i mean you're i always say you ride ready but uh, as, as you're riding you just know that honestly i don't know how much control i really have over this horse and i remember one time when gary norris and and if he's not watching it live i know he'll watch it later he was on a horse and uh two different occasions this this was funny, but the last one, he was on one of our horses, and and a couple of other horses, the guys were riding, took off, and they were racing. Well, his horse decided it wanted to race, too. Well, Gary didn't want to race, but Gary hadn't ridden enough to understand how to make that horse not race. He didn't know that you really can control them, you know, with your body and with the reins and, and, and stay under control. And, and well, he panicked, and the horse took off, and the, and the horse is flying, and, and he does the only logical thing. He thought he bails off 60 miles an hour on the horse, you know? Yeah, you know you bounce when you hit the ground. I, I just, uh, you know, and, and at the time, Gary was probably close to 60 years old, so he kind of splatted instead of bouncing, you know? Last time, Gary Norris got on a horse. He told me, he said, even when Christ comes back on the horse and we come with him, he said, I'll just stay in the barn. That's what he told me. <clears throat> but life is sometimes like that. Sometimes it's really out of control. And, and look, there, there have been times, you ever been to a, a time in your life where you just can't handle another phone call, you, you can't handle another confrontation, not, and it might not even be your own, okay? But you just you don't want to you don't wanna hear somebody else's argument. You don't wanna hear what's going on. You you get to the point where you just don't want to hear any more bad news. Remember that old song by Ann Murray? If we could use a little bit of good news today? Yeah, that really dates me, all right? I listened to that on 61 Country when I was a kid riding in my mom and dad's car. But anyway, there there comes a time where you 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 know I've heard people say it, it, it feels like you're drowning, it feels like your chest is collapsing on you. I I I I've gotten to uh, past this, but there was a time when I get spasms in my neck two o'clock in the morning. You're thinking, brain, you are supposed to be asleep, and you wake up and you're thinking about something that you just you know is stress you out, and here you are, and your and your and your neck muscles are going, you know, and. Or, or your legs are going you know, or, or whatever, you know, our whole body. And the stress that we deal with. And it just sometimes, it feels like you're out of control. Well, there's some verses that I'd like you to look at. First of all, look at Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. And we'll get to, I promise we'll get to this story about David. Malachi is the last chapter, last book in the, in the Old Testament right before the book of Matthew, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. I know he's talking to Israel. doesn't matter who he's talking to. still means the same thing. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Go over to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Last chapter of Hebrews and chapter 8, and it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, I uh, I, I have 80 acres back in, in Missouri that my grandfather deeded to me uh, years ago. Love to go back there. And one of the things that's so fun about it is you go back, and it's just the same. It, it, it's still the same like it was when Forty-five years ago, when I was a little kid, and and walk it with my grandfather, and and, and you look at that and you think, you know, it's just nice. It, it really is nice to to own something like that that just is the same and it stays the same. And 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 here, one of the the lessons I hope that we can understand that whenever we think that the world is out of control, that we are out of control, our lives are out of control, and the and the pressure is just. You know, getting you know to the point where where you're, you're irrational and you're you know you're losing your health and you're you're losing your family because you're hard to live with or whatever it is or or you're starting to make some irrational decisions on going to drugs or going to alcohol or or seeking some kind of peace somewhere that God is not wanting you to go. And the one thing that you need to understand is that God is always the same. He always is the same. Everything else changes around us. People change. Our circumstances change. Our our lifestyles change. Our, Our money comes and goes. Our health comes and goes. People come and go. But God is always the same. We should find, we truly should find a peace about that. Whatever God doesn't like, God has never liked. Whatever God will bless, God will always bless. What God loves, God always loves. And one thing that I know is that God has told me that I am his child based upon what his word says, knowing that I have salvation, and I know that he loves me no matter what. He never changes. Never changes. Now something else is turn over to Psalm verse in Psalm six I'm going to read the whole psalm. don't worry, it's only 10 verses. Secondly, no matter what I've done, no matter who I whoever I've offended or whoever I've made mad, I did my best to set off and tick off two billion people this morning. So I really did my best to do that all right so I probably got a lot of people mad at me all right and I'm still going to go to sleep at night and think it's okay, all right? But it doesn't matter whatever you've done, whoever you have disappointed, and we do. And, and we, we make bad choices at times, and we say stupid things, and we act in pride, and, 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 we, and we do things that are ungodly, and we, and we still have this body of sin that we have to deal with every day, but it doesn't matter What I've done, I can always go to God. Look what David said. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake, for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. I mean, think about this. We'll get on to the rest of that in a minute. Here we are, we're dealing with David, and I'm not I'm not sure I didn't even read the when he wrote this, but... I, I guess maybe the thing that I like about David is I just think that that I'm somewhat like David. He seems like he lived his life with full of passion but because of that it was like vroom, 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 you know? and and one day you're here and then the next day and I don't know why next day you're like you know the world's going to hell it's all in fire flames and we might as well just watch it burn you know and it's like Yesterday you led three people to the Lord, you know. Well, good, that was a good day. But today, pff, you know, the world's going to hell, you know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it just is, you know. My wife m- married a lunatic. I, I don't know, you know. But there are days where it's like that. And David, I mean, David here, dealing with these pressures and and, and making some bad decisions. And, and here, oh, my bed is wet from the tears that I've been crying. And I'm, and I'm sorry for these things that, that I've been doing. And, and, I'm, and I'm weary. I'm, I'm, I'm weary of the groaning. I'm, I'm weary of the weight. I'm, I'm weary of the burdens. And, and I'm weary of this up and down roller coaster and all these pressures and, and all these things that I'm doing. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Doesn't matter what you've done, God is always there. We need to remember that. God isn't like even our closest family members, God is different, God never changes. God's love for me is always, it's stable, he's faithful, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so no matter what I've done, I can always come back to him, that one sheep of the 99, the 100, and he's the one. And he's there, the prodigal son. He's waiting for you to come back. And so here we, as I was watching and, and reading and giving thought to this and, and, and thinking about what all this is going on in David's mind. Look, I, hey, I'm, I'm not judging this guy. He had the king after him. And he was fearful for his life. We don't know what we would do in this situation. We might do the same thing. We might lie through our teeth to get away, just like David. I hope not. I hope that we can learn from David and be better for what we need to be. But here we also need to understand the third thing, that third lesson that I see is that God forgives, but He doesn't always deliver us from the consequences of our choices. In this situation, an innocent priest, and along with all the others, lose their lives because of David and his lie. Now, I know Saul's still the instrument, and Saul is the maniac, but he would never gone to the priest at Nob if, if David wouldn't have done what he did and said what he did. You think about Bathsheba. You think about everybody that, that was affected by the sin with Bathsheba. He lost his greatest counselor, because of that sin, and I do believe that you go to the what the next chapter or the one right after that, and then all of a sudden you have his children who have looked at him and watched the things that he has done, and you have you, you have, uh, 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 Absalom, and and you have Ab is it Abnom Ab, Ab uh, Amnon and Tamar. Do you remember that story? You remember Absalom is David's son with one wife and then Tamar is Absalom's sister and then Amnon is another brother of Absalom's from a different mom and Amnon rapes Tamar. And so then Absalom kills Amnon and then flees for his life because he's afraid his dad will kill him and then through that entire thing the bitterness continues. And then we know the story of Absalom raising up against David. And then you go go all the way to the end of 2 Samuel. David is old, knows better, and says, hey, I want to number all the people. His right-hand man said, you don't want to do that, David. Yeah, I do. I, I don't care what God says. I want to number the people. And so he numbered the people. And every time, it things just seemed to get worse. 70,000 people died because of what David did. You see, God's punishment, David was like, why, why do you do this to the sheep? Kill me, kill me. No, David, your punishment is to watch the consequences of what you did. You see, we need to understand. We need to understand that... that the devil, is very, very powerful. Do you know that it was one angel that killed those 70,000 people? One angel. Just one. We, we are weak. We, we are easily deceived. And when Satan thinks that you are weighted down and that, that you're not handling the pressures, well, then he's going to turn up the cooker. And he's going to put more pressure on you to try to get you to the point of where you start reacting irrationally. That's why so often God tells us to be still. So often we need to be listening to what God is telling us. So often we need to go to Samuel, to the man of God, and and to the hamlet of the prophets. And it's there in the Word of God. It's there in the presence of believers. It's there in the very presence of God that we are safe. It is there that we have peace. It's there that we have protection. It's there that God will speak to us and use us and, and show us that things are going to be okay. It's in that cave where the still small voice came to Elijah and said that it is going to be okay and that king is not going to take your life. But instead we listen to all of the all of the buzz of the world and, and all of the the noise that is going on and, and pretty soon we are heavier and heavier and heavier and we're drowning and we can't breathe and we're in our in our bodies are falling apart because of the stress and we're biting each other's heads off we're easily offended we're mad at other people we have an anxiety that you can't explain you have I don't know, whatever goes on in your life. But we all deal with this, and the reason that we are dealing with this is because Satan is leading you to believe a lie and that you have to react this way, trying to get you to be irrational in your thoughts and your mind so that you'll make the same kind of decisions that David did. Oh, how we have to guard against it. When you start feeling that tightness in your chest or those anxious uh, feelings are coming up in your mind or or you wake up anybody ever just wake up mad is is there is there there's got to be some kind of a a doctor's uh a description of that you know some big long word you know and and i i love what Kareth has on a shirt it's just one big word that says namaste in bed <laughs> I I need that. That's my word of the day. Now I'm going to stay in bed. So you'll have to to think about it, and then you'll figure it out, right? But we see that, that Satan tries to get us to believe a lie. And so God, even when we think that things are out of control, God is under control. And he never changes. He's always the same. He loves me. And I can go to him at any time. No matter what's been going on, God forgives me. But he may allow me to live through the consequences of my sin, of my actions. So let's make sure that we make the right decisions so that we don't suffer by watching what our sin does to our loved ones around us. There wouldn't be anything worse, would there? than knowing that you are responsible for 70,000 people dying. No one else to blame, just David. Imagine the weight of that because of an irrational decision. Well, here, that's exactly what we see, and and we'll be done quickly here. But look at this. The enemy is going to seek us out. He's going to try to destroy us. And And look at all of this. I wrote some some things down that, that we see in this chapter. Fear, deception, lies, desperation, fleeing, anxiousness, stress, insecurity. It's the trail of a backslider. Let's not be that. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? David, you're, you're the leader of the greatest army in the world. You're, you're the leader of our nation. Here you are. You're, you're the second man under the king, and you're, you're a great warrior. Why is it that you're by yourself? David said unto Himelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business. Liar? And hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee. Liar? And what have I commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place? Liar? Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. I'm not even sure if that's true. And the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. So here we are, all the pressures, all the fear, the anxiety, the, the, the insecurity uh, has, has fled from from has has left Samuel ha, has tried to take things in his own uh, in, in his own hand uh, hasn't worked, and so everything is failing everything's fallen down around him, and so he's already lied in the first in in chapter twenty now he goes on and he lies again and and I just read just a a couple of days ago in my devotions, and you remember when when all the tribes were getting ready to, to cross the, the Jordan and go into the land of Canaan, and you remember there were two of the I, I think it was Manassas and Gad that said, "Hey, we want to stay on the side of the river. We don't want to go over there." And, and so Moses said, "Fine, you, you, can, you can have this land, but you will go with us and fight. And when we are done fighting, then you can come back. And if you don't do that, do you know what he said? sure your sin will find you out. Well, understand that that principle still lies with us today. Be sure your sin will find you out. If something just popped into your head, you know what you need to do? Confess it. Confess it. And if you have confessed it, then the devil is trying to Cause you to think irrationally. Confess it and move on. Confess it and move on. Through our lives, there are going to be times when we are going to make a bad choice and we are going to sin in this body and we're going to sin in this mind and we're going to do something that is not right. And when we start letting these things build up, that's when the pressures come. That's when when we start thinking irrationally, and that's when Satan sees it and starts putting up the pressure, and then you're going to make some decisions that are going to impact not only you, but everybody around you. Well, be sure your sin will find you out if you don't get rid of it. Look at verse 7. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day. Why was he there that day? Well, it must have just happened to have been coincidence, right? No, nope. He was detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. We'll see in the next chapter next week. Doeg does what every other good lapdog's going to do run back to his owner, and tell him exactly what he saw be sure your sin will find you out. The best way to protect yourself from that is confess it immediately. When God convicts you, get it right. I I find that in my own life, that that when some of the anxiety, or even, even if anxiety comes up and it's caused by you just cannot control this, well, what am I trying to do? Get out of the way, God. I can do this. That's sin. Get it out of your life. Let God have it. Let God control it. I can only respond to what's around me and do what's right. Let God have all of those issues. Let God change the people that need to be changed. Let God change the attitudes. Let God change the politicians. Let God change the world. Let, let God God knows that what, what's going on in this world. God knows what's going on in this church family. We need to tell them the truth. We need to stand up and we need to respond to the truth. But we got to let everything else go and let God have it. Because He's the only one that can fix it. And when we don't, we try to take hold of those things. Well, be sure your sin will find you out. And here we see exactly that. And David said unto Himelech, and is there and look at the irrational thinking now. It goes it just goes further. And David said unto Himelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because a king's business required haste. Why? And the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. David, David, did that sword save Goliath on the day? That you were walking with God, he didn't even get it drawn. He died with a stone between his head, between his eyes. And here he says, There is no sword like it. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine the heartbreak of God during that time. You know what's amazing about God? Even when David said that, it didn't affect God. God's still God. God didn't change. We all right up there? I I thought that stool that we fixed just broke, Verlin. (laughs) But God's still the same. God still loves David. David can still come to God and get things right. And David said, there is none like it. Give it me. Carnality led him to the point to trust in the very weapon of war that had absolutely no power over God. Do you know that's why God tells us in Ephesians chapter 10 or chapter 6 starting in verse 10 and you go through about verse 16, verse 18 and he says that whose power are we to trust in? God's. God's power. God's power. Whenever we start thinking now we can control the situation. We are irrational in our thinking. We have to give it to God. We have to trust Him that He'll do the work. And so then we see that not only that, but David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. <laughs> You know what Gath, you know the city of Gath. You know who lived Gath, who they were? Philistines. The Philistines. The ones that David has killed, ten thousands of them. And now in his irrational thinking, I mean, have you ever counseled someone? Have you ever seen someone get to the point where 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 they are so burdened down with all of the stress and you're looking at them and 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 my first thought is, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You ever had somebody come to you and say, what were you thinking? You're irrational in what you are thinking in this time. Well, that's when Satan is, is laughing and giggling and thinking, hey, I got this. Well, that is here of all ludicrous and, and, and crazy ideas of what to do, David, David, David. Why in the world would you go and hide with the Philistines? And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands? And so David hears this, and David laid up these words in his heart and were sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath, and he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself mad in their hands. I don't even know that you had to act it, David. <laughs> I mean, some would look at him and say, man, you've just lost your mind. Why would you even go there? He made himself mad in their hands, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. I. Right. I, I had a friend one time years ago that was having some health issues, serious health issues. And um, anyway, every day he would call me about these health issues and go in very vivid detail of how bad these health issues were. And, and so it was, like a, it was like a bathroom report every day. And, and the whole focus was on his health every day. I mean, every day, every day. And and I, and I'd listen to this. And, and it was just like, you, you'd try to give him verses to, to encourage him in his walk and to help him make, you know, hey, you're going to get through this. Whatever, whatever God is intending, this is not what God is intending. (laughs) And, and we can, you know, we're, we're here to pray for you and to help you get through it and, and, you know, friend from out of state, okay? So don't be trying to dwell on who is, who is sitting in here. It's not, all right? And so, and, and really a guy in the ministry, okay? So we're prone to these things just like anybody else, okay? But it's like every day these things were going on in his mind. And there was just no convincing him. And finally, God allowed the test to be okay found out some simple things, and that he's fine, and he's okay. And then he's able to relax, and I didn't have to hear the bathroom report every day. But as I watched that, that that was one of my first experiences on, on how stress can take you to that point. And it made me realize how we need to guard against that. Because here, that is exactly what David did. He he allowed the stress of losing his life. He allowed the stress of the king. He he allowed the stress of all of these things that that were going on. And look, I'm not here to blame him. But I am telling you, it was the wrong way to go. And if he was to come back out of heaven and preach, he would say, oh yeah, I remember this. (laughs) Don't do this. Don't do it this way. And we see that he feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down his beard. Then said Akish unto his servants, Lo, you see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman of my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And then we see that first part of the next verse, David departs. He gets out of there. And I'm sure as he's leaving, he's thinking, David, what are you thinking? And it's in between chapter 21 and chapter 22 that David writes Psalm 34. You have to go back and read Psalm 34. That's your homework. And see what David does in dealing with the stresses of life in his life and how eye-opening it is. And so we come back to 21, and we'll see a repentant heart. We'll see that through Psalm 34 that he's got some things right with God and he's celebrating and, and thinking how good it is. But be sure your sin will find you out and that God may not always deliver you from the consequences of your sin. And we see some horrible things happen because of a decision that he made under duress. The best way to not have irrational thinking is just never get to that point. And you never have to get to that point if you remember God is always the same. God is always faithful. I can always go to Him. No matter what I've done, I can go to Him. And I need to do so quickly when He convicts me. Because the consequences of my sin may impact all kinds of people around me and can be devastating. Let's not be that. Let's be quick to confess our sin. Let's be quick to understand that God has it under control. The only thing that I truly control is my response to whatever the situation is. Control what I can control. That's it. The rest of it is God's. And we live for Him. Because if we don't, ask David. Ask David how bad it can get. We see it. We've seen it you grow up in a church family, you stay in a church family for very long, your own family around you that know Christ is their Savior, you can sit down and you can start giving example after example after example of families that it all started with one bad decision and it destroyed everything. Don't take it lightly. Let's walk in wisdom of His Word and let's always go to Him and be quick to give it to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for David. I thank you for the wonderful example that you have given us. And thank you, Lord, that you didn't cover it up, that you didn't make it sound better than it was. But it's truly a fair warning to all of us as children of God how important it is to walk in the Spirit, Help us to do so. And Father, when we don't, and you convict us, and you will, when we're not walking with you, that we are quick to confess and quick to write it and carry on in living for you. Lord, I know, I know that if we'll do this, that so much of the stress level that we have will be gone. Help us. Help us to be powerful in our walk by understanding how powerless we are in ourselves. Help us to rely upon you, humbly walk with you, and bless us in the endeavor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.